0: Hey friends, welcome to episode number 34. Today we're joined with Canadian Olympic beach volleyball athlete, Martin Reeder. Now he's no longer playing volleyball, but he switched his passion and his time and focus to helping others achieve health and longevity through their breath. Now this is a very interesting episode because we breathe every single moment of every single day, yet many of us are doing it wrong. And unfortunately, this could be impacting our health. Now, learning to breathe properly could be the most simple and definitely the cheapest life hack out there. Breathing properly can help manage anxiety and stress, improve cardiovascular health, and provide various cognitive benefits. It can also help in other areas like weight loss or improving energy levels, enhancing your immune system, and so much more. Now, in this episode, we're gonna talk about these health benefits, but more importantly, Martin is going to give a ton of practical tips to help you change and improve your breathing patterns immediately. He's gonna teach how to manipulate the way that you breathe depending on the certain situations or scenarios that are happening to you in your life. This is a great way to optimize your health and your wellness and your longevity. So enjoy this episode, I know I did. So keep your mouth shut, breathe through your nose and enjoy this episode you'll see why that's important soon enough hello podcast listeners welcome to the health simple show i'm your host Kyle Reedhead and i interview health and wellness experts from around the world to help you live healthy happy and stress-free enjoy the next show you know i just want to ask you what's it like playing and being in the olympics
1: that's a big question right off the bat (laughs) i love it um you know it's the greatest honor an athlete can can have or amateur athlete can have uh as as a canadian truly it's uh it's the pinnacle it's what we all as as children and and teens look up to even adults it, it is the big celebration of sport in the world happens once every four years the most coveted uh games and and finals i mean it's the intensity is so high. The pressure is so high. The exposure is so high. The difference is for everybody. No matter how much of a star you are, you're in the Olympic Village if you choose to be, and you're one of eleven thousand. So yeah. you know opportunities to meet Kobe Bryant and and other top athletes. I mean, we're all there wearing the same landyard. So it's it's a great honor and it's just it's next level man there's there's just so many there's so many stories I could I could share but the greatest honor of my life
0: that's yeah that's pretty amazing such a such an amazing accomplishment to make it there I mean like you said it is everyone's dream and and you know not many get to actually live through that so uh congrats to you first of all it's amazing it was 2012 when you were there
1: 2012, yeah, that, that date keeps on going further, further <laughs> in, in the past. I do a lot of speaking for kids, and often none of them have even seen me or, or heard of me, so I'm, I'm now <laughs> understanding that I'm, I'm a bit of a, a wave of the past.
0: <laughs> We're getting old over here. Yeah. right? So, and actually, on that note, now that you're, you're no longer playing volleyball professionally— um, you know, where, where's your focus now? I mean, obviously you were driven to, to, and put so much passion and effort into volleyball. I'm assuming it hasn't gone away. Where, where are you putting your, your mind and your passion now?
1: So there was a really long period of time, a good five years where I put that passion into the fitness side of things. I was always that athlete that wanted to know why we were doing certain exercises. And I was the athlete that put my identity in how strong and physical I was. So it was an easy transition to that. Uh, I spent a quality five years in the Toronto fitness industry and Canadian fitness industry. I then recently moved out of that just cause I really felt a pull in my heart to come back to sport and, and to come back to kids. Mm-hmm. And so I'm putting a lot of my effort into a, a new platform called off ball athlete, which is really mentoring and leading leading youth to be off the ball and, and to be better. So essentially creating a platform that allows um, opportunity to arise in the game and for them to capitalize on that. So preparation, meaning opportunity. Uh, but that is just getting off the ground, man. So I'm, I'm doing everything myself and doing my best to uh, touch as many kids as possible with the, in 24 hours a day.
0: Nice, good for you. Glad to hear that you're continuing to, to kind of help the sport and to, and to help athletes. Now talk about that a little bit. What does that mean off the ball? Um, you know, what kind of things are you actually working with them for?
1: So I'll kind of get into the philosophy of it sure. uh, because it, it really is happening to us as adults, as, as human beings, whether you play sport or not. Um, culture is happening so fast. The demands are increasing. The environment has shifted and changed. The pressures of life have increased. We're trying to do so much more and in in the same hours. And so with that increased demands, we haven't necessarily increased the the structural integrity of our systems. And so what's happening on the youth level is there's this business of sport that's really driving early specialization and training more and training harder and having private sessions. And we need more trainers or special hours, but really at the end of the day, you can't live with a ball in your hand all the time. So at what point in time is... Let's just say that two hour practice, you know, it, and then you have 22 hours in the day. How can we optimize and create a structure and a framework, an intentional one around the rest of that time so that when you do have the ball, it just shows up better. So arguably we're spending a lot more time right now in an area that doesn't have a lot of juice left to be squeezed. hmm Yet, and you as a nutritional coach, I mean, if you're training someone, there's a lot of time where they're not seeing you. If they're not taking care of that time, then you know the hours that you do see that person, you know, won't show up in the way that it would have had there been systems around uh, the off-ball or off-nutrition time.
0: So you're looking to develop the the person rather than necessarily the athlete.
1: That's correct. Yeah. So it consists of three things. So it's mind, body and life. So I I like to call myself a a high performance hippie. So diving more (laughs) into uh, the mindfulness stuff. Uh, Like I said, I was I was an athlete that really was physical and put my pride in that. And now having retired and spending more time thinking about mindfulness and that being a little bit more of a hot topic, realizing holy smokes, I invested so little time in my brain. So looking to get kids to understand who they are a little bit more, understand how they handle pressure or how to handle pressure better, um, really give them a better sense of identity and then adding some virtues to that and then some nutrition, sleep, and, and lifestyle habits beyond that.
0: Cool, I love that. I mean, I think we all can use a bit of work in mindfulness, um, you know, like you said, we—not even just an athlete, but we're all just super busy. So, you know, if we can all kind of step back and slow down and just be a little bit more mindful, it can help with everything that we're doing. Now, one of the areas that um, I see you talk about a lot on Instagram, because I follow you on there, um, is is breathing. And I know this is an area that you've taken a lot of interest in. Why? What is it about breathing that got you so interested? And, and let's talk about that a little bit further.
1: So in about 2014-15, I started to see a few of my mentors who they don't know they're my mentors. I guess they're social, through podcasts. I seek information from them because they're pioneers. Laird Hamilton and Gabby Reese being a part of that movement. A guy by the name of Brian McKenzie, who's Power, Speed, Endurance. Really leaders in the longevity space. Okay, They're really leaning towards the breath. And then Wim Hof, I started to see him come up a little bit more in pop culture. and I just. Started to ask myself what's there, and so I went into this portal of listening to as many podcasts as possible, learning as much as I could through written work, and then all of a sudden, you know, you have Patrick McEwen's Oxygen Advantage is now in a, a very, you know, highly publicized book, and I realized that there was so much with the breath, and it's so fundamental, and we do it every moment, but I'd never thought about it before. So it was first came from intrigue. From people that I highly respect, holy smokes, if they're investing time into this, there has to be something there. You know, mm-hmm. Larry Hamilton is preparing for three to five minute hold unders under 60, 70, 80 foot waves. I mean, he's a badass guy. So for him, <laughs> you know, he's not lifting 500 pounds off the floor with a deadlift. He's focusing on his breath. Like, okay, well, why, why is that? Mm-hmm. They're doing training underwater in a pool. Why is that? And so the more I looked into it, the more I realized there's so much performance that lives within the breath. And then starting to understand a little bit more about, you know, deep sea divers or free solo divers and how they control their heart rate, carbon dioxide, and that kind of thing. I know I'm kind of diving in, but all of a sudden I just realized there was so much there. It's not just this, we breathe in and we breathe out.
0: Yeah. Well, breathing is this, you know, autonomic passive thing that we just kind of do and no one really, you know, focus on it or realize that they're doing it right or wrong. And, and, you know, the, the breath has been something that I've taken a lot of interest in lately as well. And, you know, I find that a lot of people just have got bad habits now. We've, I don't know where it came from, but we have these bad habits with breathing. Can you sort of talk about the dysfunction that you see in, in whether it be athletes or just normal population in the way that we breathe? And then maybe we can dive into, you know, how some practical tips on how we can improve it.
1: For sure. I'd love that. So I'm going to stay away from the athlete conversation and and just call this, this is human being stuff. Okay. So, you know, 21st century living, we already covered that it's stressful. It's happening. We're over-programmed. We're we're literally flying. You know, I left my home at 6 30 this morning and I just got home before this conversation. (laughs) You know, at what point in time did I take time for myself to slow down? We're sitting a lot, which then just changes physically our posture and the mechanics of things we're on our phones a lot and that seated position, being on the computer, we're starting to cave forward, our head's starting to kick forward. So from a physical standpoint, our breathing is starting to break down. So our our lungs are no longer able to open up and come down and wide because we're caved forward and so we're no longer using our diaphragms to take that low deep breath. The low two thirds of the lungs, that bottom piece, takes up the most part of the, the exchange. Not a lot of exchange happens up here. Mm. So we're now moving into this shallow stress breath where we're rising with our shoulders. We're then also shifting to a mouth breathing, or we have over the last couple hundred years, a mouth breathing culture, um, which is now shifting the pH of our bodies, it's shifting our jaw, um, breathing through the mouth changes a whole lot of things inside of the body. So we're sitting here like this, breathing out of our mouth, and that's just causing a lot of stuff internally with the nervous system and like I mentioned, the pH and, and the chemistry of the oxygen exchange, which is really important. I'd, I'd love to touch upon that of why mouth breathing is hurting us and why we should be breathing through our noses and also increasing our posture day to day.
0: Please do let's let's talk. Let's talk further about that because this is a topic that has become really popular lately. Um so I'd love to see you, or I'd love to hear you talk more about kind of the mouth verse uh, nose breathing.
1: So it's really quite simple. We think of breathing as the oxygen exchange. So if I'm an athlete or, or a human being, I want to perform more. I think that I need more oxygen. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to take bigger inhales, but really there's a rate limiting factor and, and that's carbon dioxide. So carbon dioxide actually dictates how much oxygen we use. It's not just how much oxygen we get. Mm -hmm. So when we're breathing through our mouth, we're taking a lot of oxygen in, but the most important piece is we're offloading a whole ton of carbon dioxide, which carbon dioxide is the buildup of stress in the body. So when we're offloading all of that carbon dioxide, we don't get the buildup like we would if we were breathing through our nose, where we have a rate limiting factor where, we can only get so much out of our nose so that buildup of carbon dioxide starts to change the chemistry inside where we become more efficient with oxygen so the more you breathe through your mouth the deeper breaths that you take the less efficient you are with oxygen and the less efficient you are as a human being because you're changing what you're using as energy and is essentially increasing more waste when really you're just sitting there and not being active. So the goal being breathing through the nose is you're slowing down your breath cycle. You're increasing a buildup of CO2, which allows you to be far more efficient and receive more of that oxygen at the cellular level.
0: Very interesting. And I think a lot of people listening may think, you know, this only applies to an athlete or to when you're training or working out. But really, this is something that, you know, there's a benefit to um, you know, throughout the day at all times, right? I think one thing that I see and, and I even found myself is that when you start to get stressed out, you start to sort of breathe these fast and, and you know, short breaths. And if you could just take the time to to, you know, just breathe deeper and breathe through your nose and breathe properly, that stress sort of just goes away, you know? And it happens with, you know, anxiety or whatever issues you're having, you know, just slowly breathing and taking your time and being mindful of that makes such a massive difference. It's crazy how powerful it is.
1: Totally. And what I've come to realize is that we should, as human beings, as human animals have a tool belt of breathing scenarios. Okay. So rather than just reacting to our environment all of the time and giving the environment or the situation or emotions power over us, if we have a better understanding of, Hey, how we can use the breath to lead our environments or to, essentially protect ourselves from overreaction or or overstress, we're going to be in a lot better situation. So understanding, let's just say stress, for instance, when you breathe out through the nose and the exhale is longer than the inhale through the nose, you stimulate the vagus nerve, and then you downregulate your nervous system. You move from sympathetic, which is fight or flight, into parasympathetic, which is rest and digest. So the simple act of breathing out through the nose allows you to calm yourself down. And so if you just have an understanding that I need to breathe longer out through my nose than my inhale, and you do that 10 times, you're gonna immediately, even five times, move yourself into a better situation to make a decision to think properly to perform uh, if, if things are on the line. So you're less reacting to your situation and you're more acting, understanding that you have the power.
0: Yeah, I love that you call it a tool, right? Because it's really what it is. It's just that you need to know to use it, right? So as soon as you feel that stress or you feel you know, anything coming on, you just sort of pull that tool out, take those breaths and, and just you'll see it work right away. It's, it's pretty amazing how well it works. Now, when you're breathing, are you breathing from the diaphragm or from the stomach or are you breathing from the chest or kind of talk about that because this seems to be a debate Um, that I've seen uh, in the way that you're supposed to be breathing.
1: You know, we're, we're all different, so there's no one way is the best way. That being said, if you're at rest, ideally it's low diaphragmatic, where you're focusing at the inhale, allows you to pull down and then expand. I like to think about breathing into the low back, so I expand my low back and I expand my low front for that restful, larger breaths. But even slow and expansive, the goal shouldn't always be to take your biggest breath. Mm-hmm. So when you're breathing in through your nose, it's a little bit harder, so you, you then actually get the diaphragm going, but the goal shouldn't always be taking really, really deep breaths. It should be, that, for instance, Patrick McEwen's The Oxygen Advantage, there should always be a, a little bit of a hunger. So if you can live in a slightly hungry state for, for oxygen, so you're taking these smaller breaths, you're going to be a lot more efficient. Now you start to be active. Can you maintain a proper posture, a good posture, where you can have access to your diaphragm when you're working out? And this is where you start to see people really fall apart. Hmm. This is where people start to really start panting up here. They start to use their mouths a lot, and they start to lose their efficiency and then lose their, their – ability to perform tasks, holding on a proper or a good breathing pattern. So that's where the slippery slope starts to happen.
0: Yeah, it's funny, it's something that we do, as you said, every moment of every single day, it's something we're all not that great at. So really, it's something that we need to be practicing and you know learn to, to hold our posture properly and to breathe you know, the right timing and, and through the nose and all kinds of stuff. It's something that we just need to, to practice. Is that kind of how you um, word it with your athletes or with your kids?
1: Totally. So when I'm working with young athletes, for instance, we're just carving out a little bit of time in the morning and we're going to do a cadence one, a, which is an equal part in equal part out through the nose. And so it's just an inhale, exhale for a certain amount of time. And you do that for a minute and that's just where it starts. Sit down, calm the mind, focus on breathing. And that's kind of the Western way where we enter into meditation. If you can just sit there and count your breath cycle, we're tricking you into meditating, really. <laughs> but you're you're creating a little bit of space for it. And as you grow and develop, then you can start playing around with the cadences, which would be, you know, cadence 1B would then be like a one to a two. So now all of a sudden we're inhaling for one and exhaling for two. So there's different ways to manipulate that. And then all of a sudden we can add a hold at the top. We can add a hold at the bottom. Now all of a sudden we have four different breath counts. There's so many different variations and everybody reacts to breath differently, which is why it's really important for us to think about this and have a bit of a practice so we can have that tool as it relates to us individually.
0: And do those certain, those specific breath timings that you talked about inhaling, exhaling or holding at certain times, do they have different benefits or is it just kind of whichever one works for you?
1: So generally speaking, you know, let's, let's actually go through the gears, man. Let's okay. go through the human body gears. So nose in nose out one-to-one nice and slow would be our human gear. Number one human gear. Number two, will be a faster inhale because we're starting to move a little bit more and react to, let's call it, training or physical exercise. But to go back to the earlier point, of we want to build up of carbon dioxide to shift the chemistry, so we still focus on a slower exhale. Okay. So faster in and then that slower exhale, that's a little bit more excitatory. So that's us prepping, us moving and transitioning from, like, say, a walk to a light jog over time. And then gear three is a fast in fast out through the nose. That's our most efficient way of doing things at a higher intensity. So the longer you can perform a task in gear three, which is nasal in nasal out, the better you're going to essentially be respiratory or aerobically. So that's internally. That's where you're going to be able to really create some internal rewards. So we're, maybe I'm still not able to access an intensity that's considered like a heavy duty workout, but internally, aerobically, that's great. And you can start pushing yourself. So I love going to let's say a spin class or, or workout. And I don't allow myself to breathe through my mouth. Yeah. So I'm that crazy guy who's like <laughs> weak, <laughs> head cranking, like just trying to fill my, my lungs full of air through my nose. and And that's my rate limiter. And that's where I think, you have to focus on quality because it's not about how hard you're pushing with your body. It comes into that internal push. Mm. And so it's just a lot more sustainable, but then we move into gear four, which now we're getting an offload of the carbon dioxide to the mouth. So we're breathing in through the nose fast, big fast breath out because we've maximized the carbon dioxide shifting that chemistry. And now we need to get rid of it because it's, it's no longer beneficial at that level. So inhale through the nose, exhale quickly through the mouth is gear four. And so I like to play in gear three and gear four as much as possible. Gear five, fairly simple, mouth in, mouth out. Yeah. And that's for the highest possible intensity. That would be like a massively anaerobic piece of work. Or you need to recover really quickly. You move to gear five. But the goal is to always downshift and downregulate and bring it back to gear three, gear two, and gear one.
0: Wow, very interesting. I've never heard of the, the gears before, so that's, uh, that's really cool. I like that. Thank you. So Absolutely. can you apply this to, to someone who's listening that may, you know, just your average um, individual who trains, you know, a little bit throughout the week and that not looking to, to you know, get the, reach the highest performance, what sort of health benefits Um, are they going to see when they start to practice and be more mindful of their breathing? I know we talked pH levels and stuff, but can you just sort of apply that to to daily life? For sure.
1: For sure. So I would say that the biggest benefit from this is that you take your rate limiting factor, which is, let's say your body, and everyone loves high intensity interval training right now. And we're thinking that we need to push it to get our benefits. Now all of a sudden you tape your mouth shut or you work out with, a mouthful of water you can't use your mouth <laughs> now all of a sudden you have to go slower and so a we're going to be taking care of our bodies a little bit more because we love living at 100 percent every single day and then two the act of breathing in and out through the nose makes this more of a parasympathetic like i said before activity which brings us down and down regulates our nervous system and calms us down so whenever i'm training breathing in and out through my nose, is really like a movement meditation session. So when I'm doing, let's say my mobility flows or I'm, I'm warming up on a treadmill running or I'm doing erg work, rowing, the longer that I can stay breathing in and out through my nose, the more it actually counts as me taking care of myself and, and down-regulating and recovering than it does me up-regulating and getting a, a big workout. Mm-hmm. So, It's really more of a calming effect, which is fantastic. And then as an extension of that, you just get a lot more connected to when you want to press the gas pedal and know how to do that. And I'm saving that for certain instances. So the game no longer is about intensity. It's about, hey, when am I going to choose to go to a higher um, work rate? So that's one. And then just on the flip side of that, you just get way calmer, man, which I think we can all use. And, and so then let's just say it's not necessarily a workout, but in the morning you're just focused, you're doing the dishes or you're doing your routine, you're prepping, you're just breathing through the nose. You start to own that space for yourself versus mm-hmm. we're we're running sporadic and we're kind of losing our minds or we're, we're on, let's say Instagram or social, or we're dealing with emails. Everything there is reactionary. So the more we can teach ourselves to own our space and just breathe through the nose, the calmer we'll be. And essentially more longevity
0: is, yeah. is really what's happening. Cool. Very interesting. Now one of the I gotta ask you about this because this is I don't know when this came out, but it's I, I've seen it across Instagram, I've, I've even seen a few podcasts about it. Um, but mouth taping. So people are taking tape. I'm sure you've seen this and, and they're taping their mouth shut while they sleep. Uh, and it's, you know, every time I see it posted on Instagram, there's all these crazy comments. Have you tried it? And what are your thoughts?
1: So I haven't tried that yet.
0: Okay.
1: Um, I've noticed a massive difference. I'm, I'm a little bit nasal right now and congested. So I haven't been able to do this recently, but the more I train focused on being through my nose first, that as my primary, the better I sleep. hmm And so think about this from a microscopic level throughout the day. Every time you breathe, you're either moving your sympathetic system or your parasympathetic down or your sympathetic up. Okay, so your nervous system. Well, if you take eight hours of your day and then you tape your mouth, you're just moving from sympathetic to parasympathetic. Mm -hmm. So. All of a sudden now you have access to eight hours where you're shifting that internal chemistry and you're taking what might've been that mouth breathing sleep, which would have been lower quality and you're just maximizing your sleep quality. So now, you know, a lot of us struggle with quantity of sleep. Well, it's, we all have the same 24 hours. Well, now we're talking the quality of that time. And if you can double down on the quality, you're going to just be that much further ahead in the long game.
0: Mm-hmm. And I mean, a lot of what we're seeing now with sleep is that quality is is almost more important than quantity. So if mouth taping is something that's going to help you stay asleep, but stay deeper into your sleep, then I mean, that's a huge thing. Now, something people are always worried, worried about is, well, if you tape your mouth shut, what happens if your nose, you know, all of a sudden gets plugged to the middle of the night, are you going to, are you going to, you know, suffocate or whatever? And, Everything that I've seen, everything that I've read, I mean, and if you just think about the way the body works, if all of a sudden you're suffocating in the middle of sleep, you're going to wake up and you can just take the tape off. You're well, that, not just going to die in your sleep.
1: <laughs> we, we need to give the body credit. You know, we we yeah. made it we made it this far. It it will do us just fine. Um, that being said, I'm, I'm not a huge advocate for it. Like, it's not something that I tell all of my clients or my people that they need to do. Yep. I will. I need to do it before I share that. But I get it. And I truly believe that there is something there. I just haven't adopted that that yeah. uh, habit or structure in my life.
0: And I, and I wonder too is, I mean, some people just already breathe through their nose when they sleep, I luckily do, so I don't need to mouth tape. Um, but if you practice breathing through your nose throughout the day, maybe that translates into while you're sleeping, I don't know. Um, but that would be a little bit easier of a situation than taping your mouth shut, I, I would assume. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, it's, one of those things where give it a try and see what happens, but it's more just reinforcing the pattern of breathing through your nose. Like for instance, like there's added benefits that I didn't really touch upon earlier, but like you have killer T cells in your, your sinuses. So you have immune function going through your nose and you don't have that going through your mouth. So Mm. let's just say you go back a couple centuries, there's written documentation of native women when they take their, child off of their breast, they close their mouths and cover their mouths to teach them to breathe through their nose. There's documentation of when like early Catholic ministers and um, essentially people coming over to North America first were traveling, they noticed that the women would tape their kids mouths shut so that they wouldn't get sick. Oh. And so there's super early instances of it. So we have an immune function that happens to our nose. We have the little little hairs in our nose, the temperature of the nose, the pH of the nose that helps us. So even if you think about that from a health perspective, you're actually using your immune function through your nose versus mouth is just you're bringing
0: air yeah. in. It's like a, a filtration system. And I mean, totally. it's even more important now than it was back then because of pollution and all the chemicals we have in our house and just kind of you know everything that's going on in our environment. So- U- utilizing that filtration system in the nasal passage is is huge. It's so important. Uh, so I would like that you brought that point up as well. Now, what kind of, other than the breath, what are, I assume meditation is a big aspect of what you teach your athletes as well? Because, I mean, that really, um, you know, connects well together. Is that something that you also dive into?
1: So for now, it's more on the breath side. And, and I personally am still so involved with, increasing my breathing game, that I haven't necessarily transitioned that into meditation per se. Are they one and the same? Absolutely, but my focus is really trying to leverage and understand the breath. Mm -hmm. Um, So I'm not necessarily in the meditation side, but mindset is is absolutely humongous. And so like last night I did a, a talk at York School to their parents over the last three weeks, spoken to let's say over 700 athletes at the Athlete Matrix. Doing some some really interesting work there, and I think where culture is going with youth is trying to instigate more intrinsic motivation and to understand self a little bit more. Yeah. Uh, like I said, through off ball, because so many young kids and athletes are just you know running ragged. They're they're just going around chasing life, and they don't know that they have a choice to advocate for themselves. So the breath allows us to create a pause to check in and then create some space for me to love myself, to think about myself versus I'm just living my life and doing what everybody else wants. Yeah. So the breath is what I essentially use to connect to the mind versus let's say mindfulness or, or meditation.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like that because I know when I first started paying attention to, to my breath, I wasn't meditating yet. Um, I don't feel that I was mindful at the time and and you know once I started breathing it does give you that space where you can go okay well how did I you know how did I act today or how do I want to act today if it's in the morning you know it it gives you time to really think about you know who you are what you've done what you want to do you know so many different things whereas if you're not taking time to breathe I for me anyway I never really think of those things I just kind of run through my day and do what I'm doing right and it's almost Mm -hmm. like on autopilot but as soon as you start to to think about that breath everything kind of changes and you do become more mindful and absolutely everything. So that was what kind of led me to meditation and led me to a more mindfulness throughout my day.
1: Nice. Well, you know, to dive into some of the applications, like I have a few pro athletes overseas that do some breath work and, you know, they're losing weight. They're gaining energy. You know, it's something that is impacting sides of their lives that they didn't even think that it would, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, that mindfulness connection. Absolutely. But, you know, a guy's starting to lose weight and changing how his energy systems respond to work because he's nasal breathing more than he is mouth breathing. Now. Um, another bit to that is, is just his energy levels. He's just checking in with himself a little bit more because he's training that space. And anytime you're working on breath work or that meditation side, you know, you'll wind up doubling down on that time and whatever pursuit you're doing after just cause you're going to be that much more focused, that much more centered, have that much better of an understanding why you're doing the thing that you're doing rather than just doing something for two hours and blocking out. You're like, oh crap, I totally forgot.
0: <laughs> well, you know, it's a really good point because, and I see the application for weight loss um, or really anything that you're trying to achieve because, you know, I talked about this on another podcast, but weight loss isn't an easy thing. And if your body's stressed, if your body's inflamed, you know, if it's uptight, like it's, it's not going to lose weight. It doesn't want to lose weight. Whereas, you know, if you can relieve that stress, then it's much easier to lose weight, build muscle, you know, whether it's performance, when you're training, whatever it is, you know, Mm -hmm. it's a lot easier when you're stimulating that parasympathetic nervous system, like you said.
1: I think let's dive into that. Let's unpack that one because the name of the game for 21st century living is stress management. Mm hmm. I really see that now and I believe that be it for young kids be it for adults be it for senior citizens stress management and chronic stress is everything and the incidence of illness when you're chronically stressed I mean you're just literally opening up the pores so how can we reduce stress and it's not about having a stress reduction practice for three hours a day. It's those yeah. small moments of like, Hey, I'm just going to bring it down a little bit. I'm just going to bring it down a little bit because it's for real right now. Like we're living in a really, I don't want to say unsustainable pace, but we're living fast and we're living large and we have to calm ourselves down because doing more, or I'd say this all the time to people is you can't beat stress with stress. So, we're already so stressed out that rather than seeking more training harder, uh, I obviously am not training enough. I'm not doing this. I'm not doing that. No, no, no. We need to just carve off some commitments and chill out for a little bit. We've lost sight of that. We're not good at chilling out anymore.
0: And you know, what's beautiful about the breath is that it's free. Everyone's always asking, you know, what's, what's a life hack? What's the best way to get healthy, you know, to do all these different things. And, Instead of buying all the supplements and, and you know doing all these different things, like start with the breath and then you know then see where it goes from there. But I mean, that's a free one that you can do anytime you want, and it makes a significant difference. So I mean, it's the perfect way to start.
1: For sure, for sure, absolutely.
0: Now, listen, are there, is there anything else on the breath that we haven't discussed or we haven't talked about? Is there anything that that you want to still share?
1: I'd love to, yeah. You know, one of the reasons why I really am buying into it aside from its clear and obvious benefits (laughs) is I think the breath holds the opportunity to help a lot of people. It's so easy, it's so accessible, and it's free. just makes it the thing for me. And so I'm chewing on these thoughts around how do we work with 36 million people in Canada? Mm -hmm. How can we make health a little bit more attainable to people and one thing that i I see a lot is is we think that high intensity interval training is the savior you know i was a part of a business that that did that and i loved it and i still train hard but some people physically can't do that they don't have access to training hard so what does high intensity interval training look like for someone who's physically not capable of doing that and for me that's breath holds that's what would be called uh, like hypoxic training. So what I'd share with people like just a first and foremost, if you don't exercise, let's get out and walk for 10 minutes a day. Yeah. Let's just start with that and let's build that practice over time in a small chewable nuggets that we can slowly expand with the goal of getting to let's say 30 minutes a day, which pause that concept. I also think we've lost our general physical preparation and we go right into high intensity or right into high performance and we don't play anymore. We don't walk around anymore, which we've lost that buffer at the very bottom of the human performance pyramid. That is just movement mm-hmm. for longer periods of time. So we're now just moving into outsourcing an hour here, hour there, but we're not connecting it through what we're designed to do, which is move. So bringing it back to the person who's let's say not able to access high intensity intervals. So, We're moving into a 10, 15, 20, 30 minute walking practice. Well, now what we're going to do is we're going to do bottom breath holds. So you're going to breathe in and out through your nose this whole time. But then let's say at one telephone pole, you're just going to exhale and you're going to bottom hold and just go as far as you can.
0: Hmm.
1: And when you're, you're not going to die, it'll be okay. But (laughs) when you run out and you need to, Take an inhale, do your best to recover through the nose. If you have to recover through the mouth, you've likely pushed too far. So bring it back a little bit. And then we can start working on hypoxic training. So the lack of oxygen and the buildup of CO2. Then we can start shifting the respiratory, aerobic fitness internally. And that's how we can start to shift the way the body responds to training versus thinking I need to access high intensity right off the bat, and then a lot—it's just prohibitive, and it's also possibly dangerous for somebody who's just never done that
0: before. So, when you do hypoxia training, are you seeing uh, similar health benefits or cardiovascular benefits? Is that what you're you're getting from it?
1: Yeah, you just—you wow. become a far more efficient human being. So, you're training your relationship to oxygen versus your training, your relationship to, to stress or to essentially applying some type of force to your skeletal system, your, your musculoskeletal system. So you start with the respiratory fitness, which is just mm-hmm. holds, and you start to expand that space. Your body, physiologically, will start to create these changes. You're just gonna become way more efficient internally. Oh. So you're giving your engine an oil change.
0: That is really cool. So how how long are you trying to? I mean, obviously it's it depends on the individual, but what are we striving for when so, you're holding your breath? And how many t- how many repetitions? I don't know if you called it that, but how many repetitions are you doing? You know, let's let's
1: just start with a ten minute walk. Yeah. Every thirty seconds, or you set your sights. You understand? Okay, every thirty seconds or so, I'm gonna pass a marker of some sort, and every thirty seconds you just take that exhale and you bottom hold, and then you have you know, 25 to 20 seconds to recover, depending on how fast you're going. And that's a great way. You just do that for 10 minutes. So you might do 10 bottom holds with the net workout. Um, another great way of doing this, I do this as a team builder where the, the premise is, is do more with less. You as a human being, be more inside of you. You have five breaths, and then you can only move when you have no air. And so you walk as far as you possibly can with no air in your system. And the second you have to take a breath, you stop. Hmm. You take five breaths stationary, recover through your nose in and out. Bottom of the fifth, you go do that five times. See if, how, how far you can go.
0: Cool. I like that. I, li- I like the practical tips. Uh, because you know, you can go you can leave this this podcast or, or if you're watching here live. And just, and try that right away, right? And you're going to see a benefit from it right away. But it's funny because now uh, we, I used to have a pool when I was growing up and I didn't know what I was doing at the time, but I used to always just hold my breath underwater as long as I could. Yeah. Yeah, Exactly. How many laughs? laughs. (laughs) So I I call that
1: sort of hijack it. I call it no cardio cardio is is the name for that, but continue, Mm -hmm. please.
0: I was just going to say, so I didn't even realize that I was doing something beneficial uh, for my body, but I guess I was even at a young age. So. I'm pretty yeah. pumped about that. <laughs> Once again, the
1: body's pretty special. It creates some pretty interesting things, and it's, it's really capable.
0: Yeah, it does. So listen, I got one more question for you, um, but I'm going to ask it. This is one I ask every guest that comes on the show. Uh, but before I do, can you just tell our listeners where people can find you on the internet or elsewhere? Um, where can they, they find you?
1: So Instagram is Reader. And then uh, Martinreader.ca is my website. And if you're interested in the offball athlete, uh, more on the mindset, body and life systems piece side of things, that's offball athlete on Instagram and offballathlete.com.
0: Awesome, Okay, thank you. Now, so this is the question that I asked to all guests. Um, so you know, you've gone through a health journey, a long one, right? We, and you know, at this point, if you were to go back to the very beginning and you were to lose everything that you know now about the breath, about health, about fitness, everything, it'd be an awful thing, I know. (laughs) But let's say you were to lose it all, what would be the one piece of advice that you would want to keep with you or the one piece of advice that you want to tell yourself who's just starting out on their health journey?
1: Move, we're meant to move. Um, I've been caught many times getting really infatuated with a certain form of movement or a certain practice kettlebell deadlifts squatting bench press weights no weights kettlebell clubs bungee cords all of that is a form of movement it all comes back to movement we were meant to move we're designed to move our brain's primary function is to help us move and to dictate said movement yeah. movement is king so it doesn't matter what it looks like just do your best to move every single day.
0: I love that. You no, know, it surprises me every time I ask this question. It's it's a different answer every single time. I don't know how you guys keep doing it, but <laughs> you guys are awesome. <laughs> but I love that. That's great. So listen, uh, Martin, thank you uh, so much for coming on here. I, I really really appreciate it. Uh, the breath is super interesting. So I'm glad that you know someone like yourself is diving into it and then also able to share it with others. Um, you know, I think it's it's something that's so easy and that can help so many people. So you know, appreciate that you know you're taking the lead on that, um, and all the best with with Offball. I hope you know big things happen.
1: Well, it's it's interesting because I'm about to launch an athlete breathing one-on-one course free on OffballAthlete.com. If this conversation interests you, it'll be a two-week every second day. You're going to get a video with some tips and a little bit of homework. So feel free to register on that. It's yes it's for athletes but we're all athletes because we're all designed to move so if there's an interest there by all means uh, register for that and that's going to be coming pretty quickly
0: that's a wrap thanks for listening i hope you enjoyed this episode and more importantly i hope you learned something if you did help me to share this with others by taking a screenshot and sharing it on your instagram story don't forget to tag at health simple and let me know your thoughts